Hi, this is Dan Chappelle, the Wealthy Travel Agent. Welcome to the Wealthy Travel Agent podcast, where we try to bring on inspirational speakers, inspirational travel professionals, and we talk about things that are going to inspire you to become a more successful travel professional. Today, we have Eric Goldring from Goldring Travel in Truckee, California. And uh, so we want to welcome him. He uh, has a great story to tell, started his career as an attorney and has become a very ultra successful travel professional. So welcome, Eric. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got, you know, I mean, that's a big transition going from uh, practicing law into uh, helping people have uh, fantastic vacations. How, how did you fall into that? Well, I actually started as a marine biologist. Wow. And I loved that, but I was starving. So... Yeah. My boss at the National Marine Fisheries Service said, why don't you become an environmental lawyer? So I was able to combine my marine biology and the law and became an environmental lawyer. Now, while I was in law school and a struggling young lawyer, I dated somebody who was an interior designer and her firm was tasked with doing some of the interiors on Royal Caribbean's second ship, the Song of America. So my first cruise was on the Song of Norway and I loved it. And it was free, so that was even better. <laughs> anyway, so from there, that was sort of my cruise introduction, and then it went away. And now I'm an environmental lawyer, and somebody came in with a problem with a very large yacht into the law firm, and nobody knew anything about it. And they were, okay, Eric, fish, water, boats, it's all the same thing. You've got the case. So I wound up at the age of 23 before the U.S. Court of Appeals, arguing some very technical maritime things, and I won. That now made me a yacht maven, and I was in the super yacht industry, which is luxury travel in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's buying, selling, chartering, and all that. So I was involved with charters with like Oprah, Rupert Murdoch, rock and roll people, Russian oligarchs, and I, had to, I learned how to deliver a luxury product. The downside of all of that was it was exhausting, stressful. Nobody was ever satisfied. And you made money, but you spent a lot of money trying to find happiness. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy. So I eventually got my ex-wife to agree to go on a cruise. And my first family cruise was on the Big Red Boat, Premier hey, Cruise. I remember boat, that. Right? <laughs> and it was falling apart, and it was a disaster. But I went to one of the big cruise agencies and I said give me the best suite on the ship well they gave me the family suite and then I looked at the deck plans because I could do that from my background and I was like well what about the owner suite and they were like well you have a family I go yeah but how much is the owner suite they go well it's $25 more but there's a $200 change fee and that kind of set me off I got the owner suite there were other things they told me that wasn't true because they just didn't know. Right. So I complained. I went to do a second cruise. Same thing happened. So while I'm this big super yacht lawyer, I'm speaking to the supervisor at this large agency with tons of outside agents. And she said, you know more than my agents do. So I said, give me a job. <laughs> and, and so I wound up being an outside agent for one of these big agencies. And then eventually... You know, you're just selling to friends and whatever and trying to figure it out. But eventually I was like, why do I need them? 
What are they giving me? They're really not. And at the same time, I was involved with Cruise Critic posting things, mm -hmm. and people were saying things that weren't true. And I knew they weren't true because they couldn't be. This is my lawyer mind working or having been on cruises and been in you know, the travel business to a degree as a dealing with yachts. And eventually I got banned from Cruise Critic because I was calling people out. And my daughter then told me about a thing called a blog and you could write what you thought. So I would go to Cruise Critic, see what people were saying, give me ideas for stories and I would write the stories. And then I got a following. As I got the following, my travel business started to increase. So I went from being a lawyer and a travel agent to being a lawyer and a travel agent to becoming a travel agent and a lawyer. Yeah. And the big change came in 2008 when the markets crashed, the wealthy people started to have to change their ideas about yachts and travel and things like that, but they still wanted to travel. And that's where the luxury cruise market came in because you could travel for $10,000 instead of $200,000. I think you bring and, up a good point right here is that regardless of what the economy is doing, they still want to travel. Absolutely. Because that's the most important thing they have is time. They need their time, no matter how bad businesses, the stock market, whatever, they have to get away. They need to refresh. They need to be taken care of as opposed to them taking care of everything. Right. So it was built in. So now what happened sort of around the same time, I was like, if I continue as this lawyer, I'm going to die. I'm 40 pounds heavier than I am now. I'm stressed out. I got psoriatic arthritis popping up, all kinds of health things. And I just needed to change. So I took the leap and said, I can make this happen. And, you know, when you start, you're, you know, the cash flow isn't quite what you think it's going to be, but you kind of make it in your scratch and claw, and then eventually it builds up. Right. And, um, you know, then I was able to say, you know, this is really a lifestyle difference. So I got through my divorce, both kids are in college, and I moved out to what used to be my vacation home, which is now my home in Lake Tahoe in Truckee, California. So, you know, now I have a situation where I tell people when I'm away, well, when I'm done with this journey, I go home to your vacation. And it's really true. So, you know, when you become efficient with your time and you know your product and you don't let things back up on you, you wind up with a lot of free time. So you're able to go hiking or skiing or just taking a walk by the river. And it makes a big difference as to how you approach your clients. So one of the things, and you mentioned this earlier about how, you know, you were banned from Cruise Critic, you were on the, uh, is you're honest and candid and sometimes really scathing uh, reviews and commentary and rebukes of people. How has that helped your business? Well, the most important thing is to be genuine and honest. As a lawyer, I would tell people, you're paying me to win, not to win Mr. Congeniality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a little different in the travel business or, you know, other non-combative businesses. But, you know, people don't want to hear that everything's wonderful when it's not. And if something isn't right, you want it to be improved. So, you know, if I go on a cruise ship, every ship I go on, I order a hamburger and a hot dog. Because 
if they can do the simple things, they can do the more complex. That right. tells you what the training is, tells you what the ingredients are, tells you what the delivery is. You know, how's it all work? When I get a hamburger that's overcooked with two bottom buns and there's a squeeze bottle of ketchup and mayonnaise that's been out in the sun for I don't know how long, that tells me something. When I order two hot dogs and I get two hot dogs on one bun, that tells me something. When it's delivered perfectly and I got crisp, hot French fries as opposed to ice cold ones, it tells me something. So, you know, it's important to be real about it. Mm -hmm. And if somebody says, you know, they're the most luxurious cruise line in the world, I didn't set that standard. They did. Right. And don't you want to know if they're delivering it or not? And related to that, I find that the most luxurious anything to be a red flag. Because every client, every person, every guest has a different definition of luxury. I agree. Yeah. And so you got to set your bar as a travel professional the same way you expect the cruise liner tour operator to set a bar that's achievable. There's fluff and marketing, and then there's the reality. Right. So when I give a very positive or a marginal or scathing review, my clients know they may not agree with it, but they know I'm being honest and I'm giving the backup for it. I don't say, that was the worst cruise I ever took. Those were the best eggs I ever had. I explain why. Yeah, and that gives that's, you that's why I love reading your blog because it, oh, it's, there's always backup to whether it's a positive, negative, and you know having been uh, with the one of the suppliers that was on the receiving end of one of those reviews, I can tell you it made a big difference. It was addressed immediately because I believe that was the hot dog, if I remember correctly. Uh, that was that was fixed quickly <laughs> because it is. It's the simple things, the little things when it comes to delivering the service. And I guess the lesson out of this is make sure that one everyone knows uh, you you understand what your client's definition of luxury is. It could be carnival. You know, it could be Seaborn. It could be, it depends on, you know, who you're talking to, but making sure, and I think everyone should do what you do is go and, and see if they do the little things right when you are on board and experience it as a guest. So you'll know exactly how your clients are going to be able to experience on board. Right. And that's one thing, by the way, that um, it's sort of a sore point with me. I do not like FAMs. FAMs are a great way to go see hardware, but it's not a great way to see a product. Yeah. Because... They're catering to you different. The mindset is, what am I getting for my free or a highly discounted trip? As opposed to being able to sit back and observe guests and see how they're interacting and see how things interact with you. So when you're the travel agent or professional that's being catered to, you're going to get the best seating. You're going to get the best waiters. You're going to get the best bartenders. They're going to make sure you're happy. But I've been on cruises where there are two really good bar waiters and they're running all over the place, making everything happen because the other six aren't that good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm getting great service, but what about everybody else? Mm -hmm. So those things are really important to put yourself in a position where you can observe things. And, you know, I travel a lot, but I travel a lot because it 
you know, besides the, the obvious benefits of that, it makes me an authority and it lets me tell the clients specifically from my personal experience or watch out for this. And then you can figure out when you talk to your clients, what matters to them? Cause they may not care about the bath amenities not being that great. Right. I always bring my own. So it doesn't matter. Other people, that's a big thing. How dare they do that? So you never know what someone's trigger point is. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great segue into, uh, you know, obviously you have a niche in the industry. You have a specialty. You're considered an expert and authority. What is your niche and how did you come into that and make it your own? Well, my niche really is what is your luxury? It's not the most expensive. It's not the fanciest. It's what makes people feel warm and fuzzy. You know, I have the ability with the marine biology background to be able to sell high-end expedition mm -hmm. trips. Yeah. I also, with the yacht background, I'm able to sell high-end cruises and, and land tours. But I look at it and go, I would rather spend my time on one person and earn a $4,000 commission because these are people that tend to have experience and know what they want. You're right. more managing their situation than for the same gross revenue have to deal with 20 people that really don't know what they want. They're going to be much more high demand because they don't know what they want. Right. They have perceptions and you've got to work through each one's perceptions to get them to a reality. So I've developed with my background, the ability to kind of stay at that higher level, which gives me more time to really personally serve each client to give them their luxury, whatever that may be. And I'm sure you've probably experienced this as well, but uh, I certainly have that uh, the luxury client is so much easier to work with typically because they do have realistic expectations and they've traveled and they, they know what they're paying for. They expect to have a seaborne cruise at a certain price versus, you know, it's not a $5,000 trip. It's a $50,000 trip and they get that. So that's one thing I always found that was, was great about working with them. So along that lines, we get paid to sell. So let's talk about, you know, what do you do to attract customers? And obviously you have your blog, you have other things that are going on, but what is it that you do to maintain and get your business to where it is today? Well, it's sort of a multi-pronged attack and probably Ensemble Travel Group is a great way to kind of start that because that, that's my base. Mm -hmm. With Ensemble, <clears throat> you pay your fees and you get a website and you can really customize that. Mine's very customized. You get email marketing if you want. You get snail mail marketing. So you've got all those layers and then you have with the various tour and cruise operators, various amenities, whether it's a higher commission rate or you'll get onboard credits or shore excursions that you can offer as added amenities to your clients. So you have that as a base and it takes me and I'm just one person. And I'm, as you mentioned, I'm one of the top travel agencies for Seaborne and the number one selling agent. It makes me, much bigger and gives me a much bigger platform to start with. So you've got that sort of credibility and multi-pronged marketing there. Added to that, I have my blog. Now, people, and I see this all the time, people will use canned articles. You know, you can buy them and put them up. 
Um, Google knows that. They ignore them. People write things that aren't relevant. They don't know how to use keywords. You know, when you're writing, you're going to say Seaborn 10 times or Silver Sea, you know, 14 times. And you're going to mention where you are and you're going to use photos that work with everything. And then when people start searching, they find you. And then when they find you and they see that you have a number of credible articles, they go, I want to use that guy. So you have that. Then you add to that now, and it's very simple to do. If I write an article, I'll post it on Facebook, both at the Goldring Travel Facebook page, but also my personal page. Because you never know who's going to find whatever, because you know you have a friend, Joe, who's got a friend, Mary, that somehow winds up with your article. Right. So you have that. You also post to LinkedIn and Twitter. You know, I haven't done as much with Instagram as I'm told I'm supposed to. I don't know if that's on the market. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> but, but now you're kind of everywhere, but you've never left your basic footprint. You know, with technology today, you have all those things. The other thing I do that's very simple is this, because I have clients all over the world. I have a number in Brisbane, Australia, and I have a number in London, England, as well as my toll-free number and my regular number. It costs me $50 a year to have a number in Brisbane, a number in, in the UK. It doesn't, it's Skype. It doesn't cost much of anything, right. but it gives you a footprint and another little prong to have out there for people so they feel comfortable doing business with you. You know, and then the other thing is, because originally I'm from New Jersey, I kind of market myself as the guy. You need something, I'm the guy. Yeah. You, might, you want somebody in Rome, don't worry, I got a guy. And so, you know, over time, you develop enough connections. And if you don't have the connections, you know how to find the connections. Mm -hmm. So I have all of that. And then mm -hmm. there's one other level that I do, because you want to establish your expertise out in the marketplace, whatever it is. You may be great with history or art or culinary or wine or kayaking or whatever it is. Once a year, I do what I call a culinary and cultural cruise. I don't call it food and wine. It's culinary and cultural. And I do some pretty big over-the-top events on that one cruise. I don't charge my clients extra for it, but I do it. And what it does is it's a tremendous marketing thing, both for me and whatever cruise line I'm doing it with, to say, here's extraordinary. And if you want extraordinary, I can do that. So that's basically what I do. What I like about that is it, it really sets you apart from the competition. It's not something that can be price shopped because if they go to somewhere else and find it for the same price you're selling for, but yet you've got all of this, well, why would I not go with you? But what I want to talk about here for a second, because you kind of say you're the guy and if you don't, if you're, you don't know the guy, you know the guy that knows the guy. So let's talk about your referral business. So you obviously you've been in business for a while. And right. you built up a fairly loyal clientele. How much of your business would you say is referral business? I would say probably about 20 to 25% of referrals. Okay. And repeat? Um, repeat is probably 60%. Okay. So that's, that's yeah. huge, which one tells you that you, you take care of the clients. You've got very loyal following there. They're providing the referrals for that. So it leaves you with about, what, 10, 15% of your business is actually coming from other activities that you're doing. So we've talked about your successes. We've talked to, you know, you've had a, a pretty full career. You've built a lifestyle business, which is, I think, what we all strive to do here. 
but what everybody usually sees is the success. They see where you are today. What kind of setbacks, what kind of failures have you had along the way that's kind of helped shape what you, who you are and how you built your business to where it is today? Not understanding quite as much what quality means. And I learned this in the yacht world, everybody wants stuff. So if somebody charters a yacht for $200,000 for a week, everybody wants a crew t-shirt. Yeah. They want to belong. They want to, they want to be part of the team, right? I mean, who would think they want a t-shirt, but they want a t-shirt. So I started out like I would always try to give clients something. So I'd give them like fridge magnets and things like that. And I realized that's sending the wrong message. If you're going to give swag of some sort, go big or go home. Think about what it is that you're giving. So I don't expect most travel professionals are going to be able to give out $50 backpacks. I mean, it's just not in the right. business because not only is it $50, you got to get it to them. So you're investing $75 right? You know, in a backpack. You know, when you're in the luxury end, you can do that because you're making enough. So I've got backpacks and briefcases and string backpacks. I have flashlights, wine openers, hand sanitizers, all that sort of thing. And I give clients different things each time. And I make sure I don't double up. They love having the gold ring travel stuff. I have clients that actually send me pictures with my backpack or string so backpack. You have branded it. You have your logo oh, yeah. branded it. Everything. Everything is branded. You know, I've got a phone number, 877-2-GO-LUXURY. So, you know, I do, you know, those sorts of things and it pays off. So somebody, I got an email yesterday. I uh, just received all my cruise documents and all the goodies. Well, when you hear the word goodies, not stuff, that means you've made a connection. Right. And that means they're part of my team. We're bonded just like the crew t-shirt. Absolutely. So, you know, don't give out junk. Yeah. People think because their name on it, it's going to be good. You have to think about what is the message you're giving your client. Do they want to be part of that team, you know, with the uh, 50 cent, whatever. Uh, I, I get this too. People take my book around the world and they take pictures of it and send it to me on some beach or some mountain or wherever. It's, it's hey. really cool to get those kind of things coming yeah. in. So I love your story. I love everything about how you've, you've built a lifestyle business. I think that's something that our, our listeners really need to, to understand is, you know, it's not just having a business to have a business. It's to build a lifestyle about now. Over the years, and if you want to share how long you've been in the retail end of the business, because people often will look at and say, hey, you know, I want to be where he is, but, you know, they want to be there now versus seeing all the work that went into do it. You know, how do, are you where you want to be? Do you want to scale your business up? Uh, what, what are your plans? I want to be exactly where I am. You know, I had a goal and I said, if I make on average X amount in commissions every day, mm-hmm. you know, on average, yeah, sure. Then how much more do I need? Getting bigger doesn't necessarily help. Being better does. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I'm going out, I always have my phone with me. Because I've got clients all over the world. And they may have a question. And I tell people that I'm with, I mean, unless it's like 11 o'clock on a Friday night, excuse me, I just have to answer this email. I don't let things sit for the next day or the day after. Or it's Sunday, I'm not working. 
there are times when you do that, obviously you need your personal time, right? But when you can respond right away and get it off your plate, you're not only satisfying your client, you're satisfying yourself because when you go to do that hike or you go to go out to dinner or ski or, you know, take a walk or just have quiet time with your partner, you don't have that thing over your head. It yeah. really frees and, your mind. And, 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 and in the luxury market in particular, if someone sends you an email, they don't want, they expect you to respond quickly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially now with um, all that's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having people uh, sitting around and waiting for a response is not a good thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> so let's go back a little bit here. So the next two questions are the ones I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. What are uh, three things that you wish you had known before you started on this journey of being a travel professional? And obviously, you're extremely successful at what you do. Top agent for Seaborn, top agency for Seaborn. I know outside of Seaborn, you do very well with other brands as well. But, you know, what are, what are some things you wish you'd known before you jumped into this, into the business? Believe it or not, the number one thing is, Anybody that gets in the cruise industry world stays there. So yeah. if you have an issue with somebody at Royal Caribbean, chances are they're going to show up at Holland America or yeah. Princess or somewhere. They're in so you business. <laughs> yes. So you got to be careful to make your points, but make them relevantly, but don't burn bridges. The second thing I didn't realize that you don't always have to accept no. That's not our policy. There are ways to get around things. Your BDMs or RSMs many times can do things that when you call reservations, they say can't be done. So you need to be persistent. You need to keep your eye on not, oh my God, I can't do that. It's how am I gonna accomplish it? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is don't focus on the commission for this booking. You want to focus on the commission for the third and fourth booking by this client. It's not a short-term uh, proposition. And when I started, I was so focused on making the deal. Maybe it's part of lawyer me, got to make yeah. the deal. Yeah. But that's not what this industry is. That's not what the business is. This is more relationship. So maybe you don't do so well on this one. You'll do better on the next one. But if you treat your client well, they're not going anywhere. They're going to stay with you. Last question. Sure. What is your definition of the wealthy travel? I mean, you deal with high-end luxury travel. That's your market. Is that the wealthy travel agent? No, it's not, not it to me at all. It's being nice to people and nice to yourself. So I want, as a travel agent, to be able to walk down a little street in the night market in Myanmar and see a little lady who's making soup and make that connection with her and be able to um, enjoy that experience and then be able to keep that within me, but also express it to my clients and get them to do those sorts of things and get into the whole being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And, you know, when you have that, then all of a sudden, I'm moving to Truckee, California, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's gorgeous, but you know, it's uncomfortable when you're trying to run a business. How are you going to do that? And then you find ways to do that, and you become part of a community there. 
And then your clients, because you're nice about it and whatever, even if you can be acerbic at times, you know, they join in with that. And there's where your wealth is. Do you need to make the money to do this? Of course you do. But, you know, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I, I think that your mindset is what makes you wealthy. Money may make you rich, but I made money as a lawyer and was miserable. That was not wealth. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and when I, I remember when I first saw that you were moving to Truckee, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is Jersey guy moving out into the country, but it looks good on you. It's uh, the office looks great and you're, uh, you're looking great yourself and uh, all that. So if, if folks want to follow you, if they want to follow your blog, where should they go to? Well, you can go to makingwavesblog.com. Awesome. Um, or you can go to my website, goldringtravel.com. And anybody wants to sign up for the blog, I'm happy to share. You know, I wish everybody success. There's plenty of business out there for everybody. And that's one other thing before we sign up. You have people that are in the business. They're not all your competition. They're other people in the business. These are people that really should be your friends and you help and support each other. Eric, I really appreciate you coming on. It's makingwavesblog.com if you want to follow Eric. Read his reviews on ships and destinations. It's, it's fantastic. It's a great learning experience, and I love how open you are about it. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook or on LinkedIn uh, or get your ship together. Uh, the Wealthy Travel Agent Guide to Sales is available on Amazon in uh, both paperback, uh, Audible, and uh, also on the Kindle if it's there for you. So, Eric, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been fantastic having you. It's been a wonderful interview, and I think there's, uh, our audience is going to get a, a lot out of this. There's a lot to learn from here. So well, thank thanks you. so much. Thank you.